What's up, guys? I'm Michaela. And I'm Mariah. And welcome to It Burns in a Good Way, the podcast. A podcast all about things that burn in a good way most of the time. Things like student loans, working out, and the alcohol we drink to dull the pain. Join us every week where we cover the things that matter, the things that don't, and everything in between. It may be ugly, but it's a great personality. (laughs) And you know what? You look great in winter, so I'm not mad about it. I'm a winter girly. Oh man, Man, that's that's beautiful. It's beautiful, right? Your poetry. (laughs) Yeah, that final sentence really does it for me. Yeah, you know. Uh, Yeah. Welcome back. It's episode four. I know. Can you believe it's episode four? Made it this far. Tonight's alcohol. Today's alcohol. This episode's alcohol. (laughs) Whatever time of day it is, where you are. Yeah. The alcohol that we're consuming is a Cosmo. A Cosmopolitan. What's in a Cosmo, Michaela? As they say, um, a Cosmo <laughs> consists of vodka, cranberry juice, um, lime, and then that one thing that I can't pronounce. Cointreau. Cointreau. It's an orange I've, liqueur. Cointreau. I've been told. That's how the French say it. Yeah. Sure. How the French say it. Mm-hmm. Mm, don't come after us for our pronunciation. <laughs> God, no. um, but yes, that's what we're drinking. We're going to taste it, and we're going to find out who made theirs more correctly. All right, let's go. <laughs> yeah. How strong is yours? It's pretty strong. Yeah. Like, it it could be stronger. Mm. Like, it, it's definitely, like, drinkable. Like, I'm not like, oh. Mm-hmm. But you can taste the alcohol. The contra, contra, contra. Quantro. Quantro. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> I, I I can taste like the orange from it mm. and it does because I was comparing it to triple sec and it it does seem different yeah, yeah. it is a little bit I think I, like I don't it. know enough it's very like orange zesty yeah one of these weeks we'll have our bartender on the show actually yeah. I think I yeah, think we should do that soon yeah I say I think in a in a couple couple more episodes a bartender will our bartender will be will be present yeah um, so we'll ask her all about the drinks that we've been drinking yes because <laughs> obviously yeah. we don't know enough um but i do feel like this oh. podcast is going to open us up and hopefully like listeners too into trying just different cocktails because yeah. i think once you find a cocktail you like which was evident from like our first and second episodes you just drink the same ones right yeah. it's hard because you moved so we don't like share the drinks anymore so mm-hmm. and i also live alone and i don't have a boyfriend or like a family mm-hmm. or anything like that so like i'm all alone she has parents everyone oh, well. she's not an orphan <laughs> i'm an orphan no <laughs> well my parents don't want to hang out with me so i yeah. am all alone and yeah. so like i am not inclined usually to go to the liquor store and buy like the contro coin true I'm not going to get it. The fancy French, liqueurs. The fancy liqueur mm-hmm. was like, I don't know how many ounces. It was a pretty small bottle. And it was $25. And I was like, hmm. That's the yeah. other thing. Like the age that we're at, liquor is expensive. Yeah. And you don't just want to be stocking up this huge bar that you're never going to drink. Yeah. So it would be kind of savvy of us to figure yes. out ways to reuse those fancy liqueurs. So we will. Um, I have been told that Cointreau is very good in margaritas. So hopefully we'll oh, have so some margaritas. Like triple sec. Yeah, it should be. Yeah. It can be. Elevated, mm-hmm. An elevated triple sec. Yeah. Um, so I say we I say we um put them in margaritas in the next we- when we episodes. do margarita one, yeah, because yes. that one's kind of come yeah. up. Um, yeah. But I'm excited, like, because I normally wouldn't be, like, buying these things. And mm-hmm. I was just thinking on the way to the liquor store yesterday, I was like, oh, my God, I need a bar cart. Mm-hmm. And I've never once, like, thought, I need a bar cart. It's no, always do. been like, a, oh, those are cute, but, like, I don't have a need for one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
If you want to see my bar cart, it's very cute. cute. I'll one. take, yeah, I'll take pictures yeah. of it. We just hung up this really huge, can I show you the massive mirror we hung mirror. above it? I yeah, it's, it's beautiful. A, like a story or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was a personal Instagram so story. Picturesque. Yeah. Like it was Instagrammable. Yeah. Speaking of that, um, we're going to add to our overall podcast intro and put our IG handles in it. So you can follow our personal Instagrams too, if you want. Um, By this time, this episode's up. We'll have that edited. Um, But if you want to see pictures of my bar cart, you can go to my personal account. With that being said, we're drinking Cosmos um, because this week's episode, oh, was that a strong sip? It's a little strong. I think (laughs) I'm sorry, I interrupted. Co- no, you're good. Cosmos is a sipping cocktail, so you're good. Okay, I yeah. took a big sip, so oh, mm, yeah. you know that was your bad. So. Was, yeah, user <laughs> error. We're drinking Cosmos because this episode is all about our jobs, our careers, who we are work as uh, work girlies. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so we'll get into that, but first we have to cover our first segment of every episode, which is. What burned for us this week? The good, the bad, the ugly, the awkward. Michaela, do you want to go first? Yeah. Um, I'd love to share the <laughs> awful things in my life. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so excited when I answer. Yeah, of course I'll go first. Um, totally. I, I feel like I'm like this every single week where I'm like, I have like five <laughs> things. You got it. Okay. Um, so right now, um, just, it's, it's funny that our episode this week is about work because work is the thing is that that's burning for me. Um, these days we have a trade show next week mm-hmm. and God forbid my company do anything efficiently or, or communicate with each other. And so the last week has been hell to try to get and I should also say the bit it's not necessarily the trade show itself that is being a bitch but we're revealing a product at the show and as mentioned before or if you're new here I work for a biotech company and so this industry is highly regulated and so like we're releasing a product revealing a product I I, okay there it is so like it's not for sale and there's a lot of FDA regulations on um how we can market it because you can't market a product that's not for sale. So there's just so many nuances and everybody's like freaking out. Nobody's telling me anything. And so I've been really, it's just been insane at work. And then on top of that, I am like in a, like, I don't want to talk about this too much, like publicly, Mm. (laughs) not that anybody listens to this, but like (laughs) I, I don't want to, I also don't want to jinx it, but Mm. like I have been like talking to this guy and we are like not together, but like we've gone out on three dates now and like it's, it is stressing me out so much, like navigating this part Mm. of dating where it's like, we're not together and, but we're like past like the first date phase like we know enough about each other that like we're like at least friend like we know each other on like a friend level you know Mm -hmm. and it's stressing me out so much (laughs) say more about that what do you want to (laughs) know okay so why why is it stressing you out I think um like I am I've always a not always I've more recently described myself as an avoidant attachment. So Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. I like, I just assume that people will leave because they do. And, um, I'm working through that with my therapist, but that is like how I approach things where like, I, I've known this guy for like three weeks now. And I Mm -hmm. just now, and I had to force myself to do this. I just now put his name in my phone. Like he was a number for a really Mm -hmm. long time. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I put it in was because I talked to my therapist on Monday and she was like, you can like, like it might not work out. It might work out. Like focus on the things that you can control and not the things that you can't. And then she was like, if it doesn't work out, like totally fine. Like that's going to suck. And you're going to like feel that. But she was also like, you can like have hope and you can 
man, try to manifest it. And so yeah, last night I was like, I'm going to manifest this and I'm going to put his name in my phone Mm -hmm. and like, I'm going to just like put out good vibes for this. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason why that's like weird for me is because I'm typically avoidant attached and he's been making me very anxious, which Mm -hmm. is not normal for me. Mm -hmm. And it's a weird feeling. and I don't like it. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you see it still moving forward? Yeah. I like, and that's the other thing too, is that like, I really like him, but there are Mm -hmm. some things that I don't love about him. And one of those things is that like, we're not moving at a pace that I normally would. And I think that's why I'm anxious about Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Moving slower. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, keep us updated. Okay. I'm I'm sorry that it's causing you some anxiety and some stress, but I, it sounds like you're working through it, which is all you can do. And as long as you're still excited about it and it's moving in a decent direction, who knows? Yeah. Right. Who knows? And like, I feel like you and I have talked about this before. Mm -hmm. I say this a lot that like having a crush is so fun. And so like, I'm trying to enjoy having a crush. I just Mm -hmm. like, I'm just assuming he's going to leave. And it's like, when is really the question. Yeah. And that's a really probably bad mindset. So I'm just enjoying having a crush on a guy. Yay. Yeah. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you. I think that's great. Yeah. That oh is a God. really fun part of a relationship. Yeah. You get the little butterflies and everything. Yeah. That's a good place to be. So stay in that for as long as you can. So like it burns in a good way. There's mm-hmm. the good way. There's the mm-hmm. good part about it. Yeah. Okay. Your turn. It sounds. Oh gosh. <laughs> um, okay. So like I have a lot of things. Um, like I think last episode I talked about my moving company and it was funny because Al was editing this episode or episode three being like, Oh, it was so funny. You're talking about how great this moving company was. Oh my God. Oh, I didn't even. (gasps) Yeah. Oh, so the moving company was terrible. We fired the moving company, um, after they were supposed to show up at our house or at least tell us the information about when they were showing up to our house. So long story short, Um, we did not have a moving company to move us from Salt Lake city to Chicago. We got a U-Haul same day. Thankfully, Michaela knows someone who owns a moving company. You're amazing. You saved our lives. And within like four hours, they were at our house packing up our U-Haul for us. And then Al drove it from Salt Lake to Chicago. I drove her car with the dogs and we paid unloaders. They had to unload all of our stuff in the pouring down rain. So that sucked. Um, but honestly it all got in here. It's been really expensive and a pain in the butt. Um, so that was something that burned, (laughs) but that was, Uh um, last week and we're here now. And this week I did something fun that is now burning me. And that is, I went to reformer Pilates for the first time (laughs) and I learned. So I learned this after I went. So reformer Pilates is actually different from the thing that I did. It's called Legree. Have you ever heard of Legree or the Legree no, method? No. Okay. So it's like a specific kind of reformer Pilates and it's okay. pretty like quote unquote exclusive. There's like 350 locations across the country, which is not like a ton and they're all individually owned. And they're, um, so this method was created by this man, Sebastian Legree, and he created this whole thing. And it's like a reformer machine, but it's called a mega former. Stop. Uh-huh. Yeah. Too, that's and it's, too much. No. And it's got oh. like holy systems in it. And I was stressed out, okay, to go to this class. And for those who don't know, I don't think we've really talked about this much. Maybe we'll talk about it a little bit today, but I have been teaching yoga for three years. I practice yoga a lot. Um, and I love yoga and I've always wanted to try other things because people always ask me, have you ever done Pilates? Have you ever done reformer? And like, I've done floor Pilates, like on a mat before. And I went and the girl was like, okay, do you have experience? Whatever. And I was like, well, I've taught yoga. I've done yoga for a long time. Um, I've done mat Pilates. She's like, okay, you'll get the, the, you know, body position or whatever. I did, but that damn thing is so slippery. You have to, first off, you have to wear those socks with the grippies on the bottom. Right. Okay. So you're already coming in there like with these grippy socks and you're like on this fucking machine. And if you haven't seen one, for those who haven't seen one before, it almost looks like a chiropractic table Hmm. and there's two ends. And then the middle thing is called a carriage and that thing moves back and forth. 
and there are numbers on the machine where you're supposed to put your feet and your hands. So as class is going, she'll say, feet on two, hands on four, face the front, face the back, and then teaches you how to do stuff. And during it, my legs were like shaking. We were doing these like weird lunge things and this like hamstring curl thing, like my butt was sore, but I could do not. I didn't think the ab stuff was that hard. It's been two days since I did it. And like, even this morning still, I struggled to sit up in bed because my abs were so sore and it hurts to touch around my rib cage. Oh my God. Because my core has never been this sore my entire life. And I know it's probably because you're trying to balance, right? And like not fall off and do a bunch hmm. of moves. So basically the 45 minute class, my abs were engaged the entire time, which is the point. I think like everyone who does right. reformer Pilates is these like long, lean, fancy mm-hmm. ladies. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was so sore. And then I found out this studio is owned by a former Victoria's Secret angel. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to be a Victoria's going. Secret angel. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's like everything they don't tell you in fitness, which is like, or everything they tell you not to do in fitness, which is like, just because your instructor or whoever does this workout looks this way doesn't mean you're going to look this way. Yeah. It's a very toxic feeling. But I was like, oh, Erin Heatherton, that's her name, owns the studio. Oh. I'm like, oh, she's gorgeous. I'm going to keep coming. <laughs> Obviously, you have to go back. And she teaches classes. So I want to go take a class from her because she's gorgeous. And I'm like, I want to be your friend. She Let does be your classes? Friend. She teaches them. She's, yeah, magical. And um, I just really want to go. Yeah. So I'm definitely going back. I feel like they tell you to take like two to three times a week to see results, but I'm still doing all my other exercises. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start with one and then work my way up to two or like every other week do two because I feel like I could not do three and be able to move my body. Well, you want to be able to like function. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, and I know that Reformer Pilates and like Legree, it's a very privileged position to be in because the machines and the certifications are very expensive. So it's yeah. expensive. But this is my plug that if you don't do Class Pass, you should do Class Pass. Um, maybe someday Class Pass will sponsor us. Um, yeah, oh wouldn't God. that be amazing? I know. Dream. But Class Pass, that's how I afford um, the Reformer Pilates, the Legree classes because they're pricey without Class Pass. So How save money. We're in your class. <laughs> so with the machines, because they're so big, you can only have yeah. eight people. And okay. so I had six. And Al was asking me if I thought it was weird. It's not. Um, the yeah. six people, like it was good. Almost everyone was just staring at themselves in the mirror because you're trying like hell to like balance. And there's straps that you can be hooked into and stuff. But like your body is burning during class. Yeah. Like you're not paying attention to like anyone. You're distracted. Yeah. 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 Definitely recommend. Well, um, the whole thing about your moving situation definitely burns. Yeah. Um, while we're shouting out people, shout out to Mike and Summit mm. Moving Company. I think he deserves a plug. He is a really good friend of mine, and yeah. he truly is like a hero. Yeah. So. He said, "No, he saved our lives." Um, if you're in the yeah. Salt Lake City area and you need movers yes. of any kind, Summit Moving Company. Um, reach out to us and we can give you their contact information. They were incredible. They yeah. sent three guys over. They loaded our entire 15 foot U-Haul in just over an hour. They crushed it. And it was also like 95 degrees between 11 yeah. and noon. Like it was miserable. Ooh. And those guys, they're like, we're bodybuilders. So it's like a workout. And I'm like, yeah, okay, and like, you look great. On a scale of like one to 10, like how hot were they? Like, Oh my God, like a 9.5. The two of, okay, here. So here's the thing, only one of them. Okay, the oh, like okay. L- the like lead one, tall, dark, handsome, <gasps> two f- two full sleeves of Stop. tattoos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell okay. you his name after this. Okay, or I'm I can gonna... tell you it now, and Al can cut it out. <laughs> I also, um, yeah. Mike just texted me, so I'm gonna text him after this. I'm gonna be like, yeah. hey, <laughs> he's also probably a child. Like he's probably uh, yeah. like 21 years old. Okay, so like maybe 20, here's, maybe 23. Maybe. Here's the here's the game. He's a 10, but he's 23. Like right. what do you do right. with that? Right. They Mike and his a couple of his guys moved me last winter. Mm-hmm. And it was a very similar experience. Like yeah. if if you listen, like <laughs> I this is for everybody. This I recognize crazy. that I like like there's a place of privilege and there's also a place of like time in your life, right? Like <sighs> I've moved so many times in my life. I can't even tell you how many, like I've lost track. Um, and throughout my like 
late teens and early twenties, I was like, I'm doing this all myself. And as soon as soon as you can afford to get movers, get yeah. movers. Life changing. Yeah. Don't even try to do you it yourself. Get, even if you can get loaders and unloaders and like drive the yeah. moving truck yourself, like that's yeah. how we were, that's how we were able to save money. I didn't even know you could really do that. Mm-hmm. Like I thought you had to pay like a full service moving company, but we rented a U-Haul. And then even if, if you're moving in town, like rent a U-Haul for a day, yeah. hire loaders and unloaders. It's way cheaper. Like we spent like about the same amount of money getting the U-Haul, the loaders, unloaders, and tipping them as we did for the deposit from our really like, transnational moving company. Yeah. I hope you get that money back, dude. I hope so too. I know. What do you think? Do you think, what are your chances? Like, do you think? Well, so we just claim, we put a claim with the bank and we said yeah. that we didn't get the services they promised because right. the whole issue was they told us they would let us know on Saturday of that weekend what day they were coming, Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday. Didn't get a call Saturday, didn't get a call Sunday, and barely got any information. All I got was a text from a girl who was like, nope, no updates. And I'm like, thanks for the lack of transparency and communication, like poor communication at best. And so then Monday morning I called and they're like, oh yeah, we'll let you know today between three and five when they're coming. And I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, you were supposed to tell us 48 hours ago and you still don't have information? Yeah, we're done. And the guy acts surprised. He was like, oh, okay. And I was like, nope, we're done. We don't need your services anymore. And I think he thought like, oh, you're so stupid to cancel your moving company in the middle of July. But thank God. And we had done research the night before to ensure there was U-Hauls. And we live in Salt Lake City. So it was a huge city. There were were U-Hauls and the guy was able to get us one. So we fired our moving company at 7 a.m. on Monday. And we had purchased a U-Haul or rented a U-Haul and had movers and were packed by 1215. Jokes on the other guys. What a shit show. It was a nightmare. I'm um, so glad that's over for you. Yeah. Okay. We've been talking long enough. My face is already red from this Cosmo. Um, and it's a little bit toasty in here. So that might yeah. be part of it, but it's, it's a lot of vodka. I can't tell. Oh, good. Do I just look flushed and glowy? Yeah, you um, look It's because of the 80% humidity here in Illinois. Honestly, like I'm jealous. Like I like humidity in the heat, in the cold. I prefer it. Pass. I think I'm the only person that (laughs) I've ever heard say that. I love humidity. (laughs) I love it. I don't know why you guys. I love winter. I love winter. Okay. I know. I know. (laughs) And you know what? You look great in winter, so I'm not mad about it. I'm a winter girly. I know. I love your collection of coats and your fancy footwear and your pants. I just got some new coats too. So like get ready for this winter, you guys. Um, Side note, side note that we probably don't, I mean, we can discuss this because we're talking about employees and we're talking about our our employment, not employees, but I decided I'm going to do a rent the runway subscription. I was thinking about doing that. You have to tell me how it goes. So I'm going to start with four pieces a month because you can do four, eight, or 16. But the issue with that is that you can only keep four at a time. So if you do eight, you can have up to eight a month, but you can't have all eight at one time. You can only have four. And so if you have four and you, and you get, so if you do the four a month, you get one shipment at the beginning of the month and it lasts you the whole month. If you get eight, you get a shipment of four at the beginning of the month. And then halfway through, you get another shipment of four and you like swap things out. So I'm going to start with four. And then if I want to, I'll go up to eight. Um, and you can keep your item for as long as you want. So like, if it's a really good coat, you could keep it all winter. You just could only get like three other things or, or whatever at the same time, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the subscriptions yeah. aren't very much money and you don't pay any extra money for the designer stuff. Um, nice, shit. nice stuff. And like the, um, Lowest one is like $89 a month to get four pieces brand new every month. Like in my mind, that's kind of worth it. Totally. Like in theory, it makes sense. Like it checks Mm -hmm. out. My Mm -hmm. question, I have two questions for you that I want Mm -hmm. you to report back on. Mm -hmm. The first one is what will the availability be? Because I would be worried that all the cute shit is going to go away. Like if like your point of like, uh, you can keep a coat for the entire winter. That's such a great idea. But come autumn, mm-hmm. when it's time to like pick a coat, 
is everybody thinking about that and doing that same thing? And how's the inventory looking here? And then the second thing that I'd like you to report back on is the logistics of sending things back Mm -hmm. um, because I'm lazy and (laughs) that is hard for me. (laughs) Like I have like an espresso machine and you like um, send back the pods Mm because they recycle them, which is amazing. And they Mm -hmm. like, they make it so easy. Like I, I have the, they send you the bags. They're free. It's, Mm -hmm. it's so, so easy. You just have to drop it off. And that might be like a me problem, like a personal Mm. problem, but I'm just, I'm I'm curious how, how all that works for you. Yeah. I will report back. Um, the inventory, I haven't had enough exploration, but I did do a little bit of research today and like the frequently asked questions. And one of those was like, how easy it is it to like return stuff. And I think it's the same thing. I think you have to go to a UPS and drop, but they, but they do give you like these garment bag things and you can just put stuff right back into the same box it came in. That's So So you just put it in the garment bag and then they have, they actually have videos online of their cleaning process. Cause that was something I was also concerned about is like, how do they clean stuff? Oh yeah. 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 And there's this whole process and I'm only teaching on campus once a week. Mm-hmm. I'll be able to kind of mix and match stuff with, the, with the stuff that's in my closet and kind of make other outfits and be excited about what's in my closet yes. without having to spend like thousands of dollars to redo all of my like clothes. Yeah. You know, keeps it fresh. Right. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of, we have a lot of weddings too in 2023. And I was like, if I could get wedding dresses, like guest wedding yeah. guest dresses for that, um, I would do that too. So anyway, tangent over about Rent the Runway. <laughs> As a segue, talking yeah. about work work wardrobes into what do we actually do and why am I talking about being on a campus once per week? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about that, huh? Mm-mm, mm-mm. Okay. Do so you want to go first? I think you should tell us about your – Me too. Um, yeah, your campus change life. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just finished my PhD, um, in the spring of 2022 and I, and I accepted a job. And so I am a professor. I believe I'm the youngest professor in their department. Um, so I took a job, um, at a university here in Chicago. There's like 12. I am a professor of, technology, information, literacy, and well-being, which really just means I study like wellness and tech. <laughs> um, what a great yeah. name. It's super cool. I mean, and the information literacy part is mostly because, I mean, that's the name of the position, but like I have done um, COVID misinformation, research on social media, um, but the primary focus of my research is kind of how does the wellness industry work on social media and how do we talk about what wellness is and who is well and who is unwell online. Um, And so that can be a lot of things. Like my previous research has a lot to do with the people who talk about wellness and wellness products and like wellness trends and how they build credibility within the space. Um, That means I've done a lot of work on like content creators and influencers. And then that can extend to a lot of different things too, like wellness and wearable tech. So things like Apple watches. Um, Mm -hmm. I was also like really lately, I was really intrigued by the amount of specifically young women who are talking about having type one diabetes on TikTok. There's a huge type one diabetes, um, like following on TikTok. Yeah. Cause a lot of, a lot of young women get diagnosed with type one diabetes in their late teens and early twenties, which is like the ideal, you know, um, user demographic for TikTok. Yeah. Okay. And so there's all these really cool trends. Um, and so I basically follow those and I am a professor at an R1 institution. And so if you don't know this, if you have been to an undergraduate or have an undergraduate degree or been to kind of a university or college system, they're all tiered. And so I work at an R1, which means your faculty, your professors are doing 75% research and 25% teaching with some service in there, which basically means that I do research more than I teach. So I teach one class a semester starting out and it'll eventually move to two classes a semester. Um, I can teach both undergrad and grad. A lot of times people differentiate like R1s from like R2s and R3s because a lot of R1s have PhD programs and some R2s and R3s don't have PhD programs. They may have like a master's program or Mm. nothing above a bachelor's degree. 
Um, it kind of depends, but yeah, so I'll be working with PhD and master's students. I'll be teaching grad level and undergraduate level classes and doing a boatload of research in the wellness and tech space. Mm-hmm. And so I've been working my booty off for the last 10 years to finish, like to get all of my higher ed degrees and, and get this job. Yeah. And yeah, that's the broad overview of my day yeah. job. Obviously, I mentioned I teach yoga also both virtually and in person. And that's just something that keeps me like alive. It's um, one of my passions in life. But it's nice that like my yoga and like wellness interest transfers to my day job too. So I can do both things and it feels um, very mm-hmm. integrative. So mm-hmm. yeah. What else do you want to know? That's like a broad. That's so cool. I'm so, okay. So I'm curious. Um I know you haven't like officially started your job yet at the university, but I'm curious if you know or have an idea of what you have coming up, like in terms of research, like what are you going to be doing, like looking at in the next three months? Yeah. So the goal is to reopen some of my dissertation. So for those who are kind of unaware of how a doctoral program or a PhD program works, typically you have to publish a dissertation at the end, which is a long research project that you spend usually a year um, crafting. And that dissertation project is all about how wellness creators um, present credibility when the more traditional forms of credibility may not exist. So they may not have a degree or be an MD or have any kind of health certification, but they're sharing wellness knowledge on the internet. And I wanted to know, okay, what other tactics are they using Mm -hmm. to say, I'm a credible person who can be spreading this information. It seems to be a very, um, common thing that people who don't have any experience in wellness are are promoting products and services and sharing very specific nutrition and exercise and health advice online. Yeah. Yeah. And so that red flag. Yes. And so this fall, my goal is to look over that large project and break it down into individual articles. So you're talking about 150 to 200 pages broken down into multiple 20 to 30 page chapters or articles and i'll publish those hopefully this fall i also have a few ongoing projects in more some people call them more serious realms i i joined a couple projects that traditionally are seen as like really um like evergreen projects Mm -hmm. so um there's a project on opioid addiction and substance use disorder that i'm working on and then i have another article uh, that just came out and we have a second article that's coming out on this project uh, about breast cancer previvors. If you don't know what a previvor is, it's a woman who, um, or a man who is genetically predisposed to breast cancer. So they've undergone genetic testing um, and they have tested positive for the BRCA1 or the BRCA2 gene. And what we're finding, and there's a lot of research on how breast cancer survivors and previvors use the internet to find information, but we were interested on the women in the women who wanted to post about their stories publicly and use social media to do it. And so we did a bunch of interviews with previvors, specifically women, and their experience uh, sharing on TikTok and Instagram about their personal journey through genetic testing, possibly um, preventative mastectomies and oophorectomies. Yeah. And so it was kind of, those are kind of more heavier topics that are sort of really sought after topics in my space because I also come from a health communication background. And sometimes like when I was in the job market, for example, it's hard for people to take you seriously when you're like, I study wellness influencers on TikTok. And they're like, how does that matter? Um, Which thankfully my department is super supportive. It's the reason why I wanted the job in the university that I got. My department is newer. They all study new media technologies and they love what I do. They love the TikTok and Instagram and Twitter and Facebook research. And they're proud of the opioid research too, but it's just, it was a preparation type of thing. If I was going to go to a more traditional department to have the opioid and breast cancer research, it's very important. I am really invested in it. It's just not my primary area of research, but I have two articles, one for the opioid project and then the remaining breast cancer article that have to be done this fall also. 
So I definitely don't have a lack of things to do in August when I start again, but I took um, two full months off this summer, which is kind of unheard of in my space. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it's been wonderful. So yeah. I have just under one more month, probably about three weeks um, until I start to kind of get myself organized and get back into it. But that is what's coming up for me. And I'm ready. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited to hear all about your research. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah. let's go back and forth. Let's talk about, give me an overview about what you do. I know we talked a couple weeks ago or the first episode really about kind of your trajectory to where you are, mm -hmm. but give us an overview of like what you, what you do. Yeah. So I mentioned that I work for a biotech company. So the company that I work for does diagnostic testing. So things like uh, we, we, we make equipment that do that run those tests. So things like a COVID test, for mm -hmm. example, or um, meningitis, pneumonia, any kind of respiratory illness, mm -hmm. um, uh, blood culture or gastrointestinal. So we do a wide variety of um, like different specialties within the medical industry. And I mentioned, like you said in the, in the first episode that I really didn't have like a medical background. And so I kind of fell into this job. Um, I, I should also clarify that I am in the digital marketing space within this, this company. Um, so in no way am I actually working <laughs> on like medical things. Um, but my job essentially is to work directly with product managers. So we, we have like, I, I mean, I just listed all those different specialties or not necessarily specialties, but, um, the different like things that we're testing for and in each thing is a specific product. And so each product has its own product manager. Uh, it's, they're getting big enough so that they have a team of product managers and they, we also split it up based off of audience. So you, when you go to a hospital, right, they might test you in the hospital, or maybe if you go to your doctor and they don't have the test, they'll send it to a lab, right? So we have our equipment in hospitals and labs, um, in an urgent care, in an outpatient, uh, setting. So the way our company is set up is, is that we have product managers that are overseeing each product and also overseeing each audience. Um, because how we market a product to a hospital is going to be very different from how we market the product to a lab, because yeah. a hospital has a very different goal than a lab. They're two very, very different environments. So my job is to work with those product managers, and go over their goals throughout the entire year, their marketing goals, and essentially do two things. First of all, strategize how we're going to do, how we're going to market their product digitally based off of the goals that they've set for the year and then execute it. Mm -hmm. So I um, have an agency background and this is the first time I've ever really worked in house. Mm. Um, and, and that has been a very different experience. So it was my first experience having a team of graphic designers. I worked at small agencies because a lot of agencies do have graphic designers, but before I was like trying to design my own things, mm. we have a team of copywriters who write the captions for the social posts for us. Um, so when I first got to, um, my position that I'm in now, which was about a year and a half ago, it was really, really cool to learn about this medical industry and this medical space and to have all of these resources at my fingertips. Um, there's a lot of challenges. I, I mentioned earlier that there's a lot of regulatory going on and it's also very like you kind of mentioned this too, with what you're doing. It's kind of serious sometimes. Like there's, yeah. uh, some, there's a bit of heaviness to it, but it's also really enlightening at the same time, because essentially we're offering a solution. Yeah. Um, and so it's really satisfying. And, and I surprisingly like the medical industry. Like, I don't like the medical industry, but <laughs> I've enjoyed working in the medical industry a lot more than I thought I would. So, yeah. And, and when I first got started, we're, we're in a company that has been doing really well. And, um, in the past things like, uh, print marketing had did the job. Mm -hmm. And so when I first started print marketing was like a really, really big thing there. Um, and I'm digital marketing, so yeah. they didn't really have a lot established within the digital marketing like sector. 
So the last year and a half has been really me and my team focusing on, first of all, putting processes in place when you're working. We have so many resources. We have a copywriter, we have a designer, we have project managers that manage all of these campaigns and things that we're doing. Um, but that's like, that's so many cooks in the kitchen. So like, yeah, just managing all of the people, um, can, is, is, can slow you down so much. And that's something that I've been kind of dealing with lately. And, uh, so we've been, we've been working on developing those processes for digital because they never existed uh, before then. And we're also like trying to keep up with digital because what we're like, essentially what we are pitching now Mm. is bringing us to like the norm. And I feel like there are all of these like, like B to C companies that are being like incredibly innovative in the digital Mm -hmm. marketing space. Mm -hmm. And we're like, so behind that. So right now we're just, and it's nobody's fault. Like it's, we're such a big company. So it's not like one person's fault, but we're just trying to catch up with, with what's going on um, with digital marketing. And so there's a lot of challenges. It's really satisfying it can be dramatic. There's a lot of corporate bullshit that happens, <laughs> which is such yeah. bullshit. Yeah. But um, it's really interesting. It keeps me entertained. Nice. Can yeah. you tell me about, I'll ask you the same kind of question back. I know what's coming up, right? This trade show. Can you talk a little bit about what you do at a trade show in your particular role and kind of what is expected or what happens there? Yeah. Yeah. So myself and my team, there's uh, about three other people. We're about to hire on a new one. Thank God. Mm. We manage and sort of oversee all of the, any type of like outgoing communication, specifically commercially focused. Um, So anything that has anything to do with a a product or if we're speaking to a customer, um, Mm. we oversee that. So channels like social media. That's Mm -hmm. something that I've sort of fell into, which I'm not Mm -hmm. like thrilled about, but there's a lot of like opportunity and stuff there. So I have been enjoying it for the most part. Um, but social media is one of those things, uh, our website, um, we Mm -hmm. watch everything that we're doing on the website. We're creating content for a blog. We have regular blog posts that are going out email, whether, um, it is to customers, whether we, um, get our hands on an email list. Right. So, um, a lot of different kinds of communication that we're, we're, we're um, throughout different channels. So that's what mm-hmm. we are watching and, and making sure is strategic in what we do. And so for this trade show coming up, my job, because I sort of fell into this specialty of social media, my job is to go take photos, post about mm-hmm. it, engage, try to get other people to post about it, tag people, that kind of thing. Gotcha. Um, and so... The challenge with that is not like a typical B2C or even like a, just any other B2B company because all, all of the content that we do has to be approved by such a variety of, of people. We have what we call LRM, which is legal, regulatory, and medical. And so mm-hmm. every week we meet with each department and we share anything that we want to deploy um, and they have to approve everything and, and it like almost always like they have some kind of edit. And so when they have an edit, you have to make that edit and then they have to reapprove it. Right. So, and that's, that's weekly. And so I have, for example, this trade show that's coming up, we're focusing on Twitter. And so I'm posting up to 10 times a day, which for Twitter, like is a lot, but like, it's not like that crazy. Like that's pretty, yeah, it's pretty normal to be doing that. So um, I have this like massive Excel spreadsheet of every single tweet that will be going out. And I'm going to this trade show to take photos to correlate with each tweet. So I have a list of photos that I need to take. I need to take a photo of this product and that product, that photo is going to go with this tweet. Mm-hmm. There's an event happening. So I need to make sure I take a photo of the event and then make sure I post it right after the event so that it doesn't get lost. And so Um, But I had to get all of that approved ahead of time. And so like anything that seems candid probably isn't. (laughs) Right. Um, So I'm like trying to like two weeks ago, I was like, wow, we just had a great lunch. We hope to see you at our booth (laughs) in a couple and like after lunch. Yeah. And I'm like, cute. 
making that up. Like, I don't know what I'm going to have for lunch. Right. Right. (laughs) That's cool. I like the like content farming, right? Like that, is that what you call it? Um, in your industry, like where you kind of, and that's what, like, that's what I've taught my undergraduates in a lot of our like journalism style classes of like, okay, if you're a journalist for a news outlet and you're going to cover something, like what can you pre-create, right? Like what can you create in advance to like prep before you get there? Because then it reduces your workload. Although not by much. It just kind of rearranges when your workload yeah. is being done. It, it like stabilized. Cause like mm-hmm. this, like just looking at the spreadsheet, I'm like, okay, I feel better. Right. Just, right. Just the fact that it exists, uh-huh. but there's a map. Yeah. There's a thing. You mentioned this, I think like the regulatory stuff and like the hoops you kind of have to jump through and like the corporate BS. But like, if you had to say, what is the most difficult thing about your job specifically? Such a good question. I think so. I kind of have two different like paths that I can go on for this answer. So right now, it, it also depends on where I'm at in my like life. Right now, yeah. my biggest issue is getting everybody within my company to talk to each other. So it's mm. more of an internal issue um, where like we have this product that we're releasing and so I, I focus on the, the U.S. channels. Mm-hmm. We're a global company. And so we have mm-hmm. a global department. Um, I don't even know. They're big. They're not. They're way more than a department. So I don't, a global like piece of the company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and they like we created all this content for this reveal. And they, I guess, didn't know about it until <laughs> like recently. And they were like, oh, no. oh you can't do that. Um, and they had their reasons and, and they were like valid reasons, but we were, we were like, this isn't like a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got it. Like we have, we got to talk about this. And so, yeah. so today is Thursday. We're recording this on Thursday and I leave to go to the show on Monday and I just got things finalized today. And that doesn't happen. Like everything gets finalized at least a week in advance, two weeks, two weeks in advance, things should be finalized. And so that has been a challenge. Um, but overall just like focusing on like marketing and maybe even marketing within this industry, I think a challenge, which I think is a more interesting answer for you would be putting myself, myself in the shoes of my audience. And, and that's a challenge that I love. Like, I think that's so intriguing. So like, what does, what resonates with a gastroenterologist, can you say it, <laughs> gastroenterologist, versus what resonates with a pediatrician, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then when you take those two audiences, put them both in a hospital or put them both in an outpatient uh, setting. And, sure. and, and they could think two totally separate things in the hospital versus the outpatient. So like your regular doctor that you go to, right? So right. we we have strategy meetings and and we just had one this week where one of my coworker mentioned, like, there's a lot of like market research. I think that's really interesting. And I think that should be driving almost everything that we do where, um, ID physicians, Mm -hmm. I I hope I'm getting this right. Um, infectious disease physicians Mm -hmm. are, Oh, I'm a liar. ED emergency department physicians are the lowest paid based off of our audience. Um, there might be a lot of other specialties that like might that might not be true compared to but compared to all of our audiences emergency department physicians are the lowest paid so they're more likely to drive a honda right mm. and so like we have that information and and that's that is so like how do we use that right like how yeah. does that drive the channels that we market on how does that drive our our language and on the yeah. other side the gastroenterologist i can't say it for life <laughs> gastros that's what mm-hmm. I'll just say. Um, cool they're the highest paid, highest paid specialty, which I also think was interesting because I didn't know that. Like, Maybe okay, either. yeah, makes sense. Like, no one really wants to like deal with poop, but like, no. If I have an issue, like I'm going to the doctor. Like, I will pay whatever to get yeah. this figured out, right? So, yeah, that's a huge challenge for us is really understanding how these doctors. Doctors are such a specific type of person. The way mm-hmm. that they get information, there's such a wide variety in terms of age. Like there are a lot of doctors who are in their 50s and 60s 
and they're reading print magazines. So we definitely need to be in journals. We need to be printing ads and journals, but we also have like this new generation of doctors who we want to also make sure that we're spreading our brand too and that they are mm-hmm. aware of us. So we're doing, we're like looking into doing TikTok, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're getting a new audience. In the future, we'll have to have more conversations about all of the marketing things that you do and how it works, because I think that's so interesting. And I, and I want to have a deeper conversation about the demographic information and the specifics of that and like how that's being used, because I've also heard there's like some people who are critical of that. Right. And like, I know it's like your job. Right. And like, I think it's really interesting that you can say like, this person makes this kind of money and lives in this kind of neighborhood. So therefore they're more likely to purchase these types of products. Mm-hmm. I feel like we'll have more conversations about our jobs and, and update everybody either through like what burns or like have more special conversations. Um, hopefully one day we'll have enough listeners to do like a Q and a episode yeah. and like talk about work and stuff. And I'd like to talk more about just like the topics that are involved in our everyday lives and kind of yeah. integrating them into the podcast. So we'll definitely have more conversations about kind of who we are, but overall that is what we do every day <laughs> um, yeah. or what we're going to do every day. I'm sure we'll have some funny stories and things to share yeah. about what we do. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I also think that there's like, there's so many facets to our anybody's career Mm-hmm. Um, even the, like the concept of like, I am a corporate girly, like that and of itself, like my lifestyle of like, I just mm-hmm. got back from work and like what it's like to like go in, like I have a cafeteria and that kind of thing. And, um, like you're on campus and, and <laughs> you're a professor and like, that's its own lifestyle. Um, and I, like, I always am curious about other people's experiences with different, um, lifestyles within yeah. your career, because your career has such an impact on like how you live your life day to day or like remote, not remote, that kind of thing. So I feel like yeah. there's so much that we could go into that. Um, I, I'm excited to talk about episode four is coming to an end, but all is good. We're doing all is well again, take my PhD away. Um, all is well. And I think we're calling it a night. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's time for bed. I'm with you. It's been a long day. And so and now I'm ready to I'm in, in I'm in the central time zone. So I'm an hour after you. So I totally forgot about that until you, <laughs> you said that today. Sorry. It's okay. Um, it's only 950. Let's be real. Like I don't want the listeners to think they're up until midnight recording this podcast. Yeah, we're definitely grandma, not. You're like, oh my god, it's so late here. It's 10. Mm. It's 10, but I do and could go to bed at like 8.45 if you ask me to. I feel that. So anyway, um, thanks for sticking around for episode four. Um, Stay tuned for episode five and six because they should be really good ones. Michaela will be in town in my new, our new, Al and I's apartment. We're very excited excited. to host you. Yes. And there will be a visit from the bartender, (gasps) Al, and there will be another visit from another one of our close friends who will also be there. You'll have to wait and see who that is and learn all about her. But we have some really fun stuff in store for episode five and episode six. So make sure to stick around, subscribe to the podcast. We'd love to have you um, here and on our Instagram, both personal and the It Burns in a good way podcast. Oh my God. All right, y'all. Thank you. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. Same time, same place. See ya. Bye. Bye.